This is a West Gippsland Week podcast. During COVID, and one of the possibly good things that's come out of uh, all of the difficulties that this has created, um, is a, a greater awareness of our mental health, um, and perhaps even a greater focus on keeping ourselves mentally well. A, a group that works on that specifically, that is to help us maintain our, our own mental health, is Mindful Australia, and I'm happy to be joined by their CEO, uh, Matt Runnels. Um Thanks for your time, Matt. No, thanks for having me, Paul. And I think, as you mentioned, mate, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of challenging things going on in the world right now. And we're seeing a lot of mental health being expressed throughout the community. And and a lot of people say that, you know, that's a really negative thing. But I think we'd be ignorant to suggest that it didn't exist beforehand. It's just coming to the surface. So, you know, like you mentioned, uh, COVID's presented the opportunity for people to finally probably play in that area themselves and to recognise that maybe things aren't the best for them um, and they've been suppressing it with other means and ways for, for a long time. So we are seeing a lot of people reach out, which is a beautiful thing to get the help and support they need and uh, it's a really encouraging sign. I spoke with the Black Dog Institute a couple of weeks ago and um, uh, uh, one of their statistics was that 45% of people who uh, suffering mental health issues don't actually reach out to people. I, I think that's something that we've uh, at least come to realise is is something we can turn around. Yeah, absolutely. There's um there's a lot of reasons for that, and I guess one of the main um, themes at Mindful Oz and one of the areas that we work in is is providing people with the ability to have the confidence to hold that space for each other because we know that we're more likely to seek help and support from the people we trust and love rather than seeking professional help and advice. And so if we can create a community that's got more awareness and more understanding of how to hold that comfort and that space for people to be openly be themselves and to talk about what they're experiencing, no matter how ugly or painful or challenging the situation might be, well, then we're going to see a much stronger community where people are, step into their vulnerabilities and and wrangle with them and come out the other side a much uh, more resilient and stronger, better version of themselves. Yes, it seems to me that it's sort of quite uh, maybe a little bit easy for uh, us as a community and and for governments in particular to sort of say, uh, you know, we recognise people are telling us there might be a mental health issue going around, so we'll fling a bit more money at a couple of of call centres um, you know, and, and run a, you know, uh, ask ask if you're okay day uh, and stuff like that. But we're, we're a bit light on for, for the tools. So, you know, if I ask my, my neighbour, are you okay? And they say no, what the hell do I do then? Oh, it's uh, You've hit the nail on the head, mate, and it's one I'm very passionate about. We can keep slinging money in all these directions of these organisations that don't get me wrong, they do, they do wonderful work. But at the end of the day, we can keep meeting people at the bottom of the cliff and, and uh, keep intervene, intervening with people that are struggling or we can prevent the thing by uh, providing people what they always needed to see, hear and feel and a better understanding for their wellness. And, you know, I've lost 10 mates to suicide in Gippsland alone and I've experienced four of my own suicide attempts and been homeless. Now, none of that would have, none of that would have happened the way it happened if I was equipped and skilled with the tools, skills and understanding for my mind and behavioural health. And so, you know, that's the passion area for me is to try and equip people with 
the sh- with the understanding to know that they can tap into the strength of who they are at any one time and and to know where to turn to and to know how to hold the space and ask the right questions for people to feel comfortable and like you said are you okay it's a it's a brilliant concept however i mean there's other questions that are more poignant and more uh, powerful than that um, that are going to get to the bottom of these truths for people. So, you know, ask a different question, like tell me what it feels like to be you, uh, a question that can't be sugarcoated or tiptoed around. So, you know, there's plenty plenty of these things and tools that we, we want to share with the world because we know that they're going to have a greater impact on people. But as you said, with uh, Black Dog Institute, we, we really want to equip communities with that confidence to do these things themselves and not be so reliant on the people around them um, and, and, you know, be ushered into the professional um, platforms of psychologists and psychiatrists as a first means. Um, I don't believe that that's necessarily um, the way to go all the time. And I think we can show up better for each other, but in order to show up better for each other, we have to have the confidence and the understanding and the skills to know we're doing it correctly. Um, uh, of course, we can't run one of your workshops in a, in a even a 10 minute uh, yeah. interview, uh, but what are the sorts of things that, that we can be uh, working on ourselves. Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest understandings, I think, like you said, in the short time that we've got, is the understanding that just like a credit and a debit card, and, and we know how we go about spending them, and we know the importance of uh, bank and money on those things. So it's the same with our mental health and well-being. We all sit on a continuum, which ranges from in crisis to struggling to suffering to managing and to thriving, to excelling. So one end is a debit, one end's credit. And what we do each and every day enables us to push ourselves up the right end of our own mental health continuum. We all sit on one. And so how we maintain a consistent level of wellness depends on what impl- what we're implementing into our daily uh, routines, whether that be exercise, gratitude, meditation, mindfulness, cold exposure, um, you know, talk therapies, all of these wonderful things that exist to us, yogas, uh, arts and crafts, like these things are free to us. So um, I'm a big believer in the strength-based models to recovery and management and putting the wellness back in the individual's hands to understand that, hey, you've got a, you've got a magnificent skill set if you tap into it. And sometimes it just takes a little bit more discipline than what we're uh, willing to give. So you know, I, I always had the tool set that I've got right now that enables me to live well with bipolar disorder. The only reason I lived unwell for so many years is because I didn't know that it existed to me and I didn't know the benefits of it and I didn't know how to practice these things. And And so that's what Mindful Laws does is gets out in the communities and helps people understand and gives them the confidence to know, you know what, I can do this and I've got the skills and tools that are going to help me get by and shift myself up the right end of the mental health continuum until there comes a time where I can seek professional help and support or when my appointment comes, I can be doing things in the meantime. And I think that that's really important because medication alone, which is what we're throwing out like the smarties at the moment, doesn't have an impact on anybody unless it's supported by an overall wellness plan. And I think that that's um, what we see a lot at Mindful Oz is a lot of people coming in our inboxes saying medication's not working um, and it won't uh, until you provide an overall holistic wellness plan that supports the medication and that puts you uh, left foot, right foot, one foot in front of the other um, on the path to wellbeing. So some of these terms that you that one hears that you even used, uh, mindfulness, um, they, for a lot of people I think sound tricky you know it sounds like it's going to be hard work or you know i don't i I need to be a clever person to to understand some of these things is is, is that right 
Absolutely, mate. And that's where, that's the bias and the stigma that I had towards it when I first started is, you know, people suggest to me to meditate and I'm like, not a chance in hell I'm crossing my legs and humming. And that's what I believed it to be. And I didn't realize how easy these practices were when I started doing them uh, thoroughly and, and with discipline and consistently every single day. And, you know, mindfulness is the practice of being still. It's the practice of being engaged in whatever you're doing one thing in one moment. And it's not, it's not trying to do a million things at once. It's slowing the world down right now. We're in a world of doing, doing, doing when the human condition is wired for being and just being still. And so these practices allow us to hear and see and feel the things in life that we're meant to um, and acknowledge them and accept them and work our way through them. But when we live in this world of doing, 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 signs and symptoms of of things and our path to our correct path and our truth true path to wellness we miss and and so when we slow the world down things become a lot more uh, a lot easier for us to to handle and to manage and and mindfulness is a beautiful tool that exists to all of us for free meditation mindfulness stillness breath work all of these things uh, are absolutely free that we un- possess unlimited amounts of that um are not revolutionary. They've been around for many years, but we ignore them because it sounds too simple or it sounds too difficult. You have a website. I guess, do you have tools there for people to to access whilst they can't get out to your workshops? Yeah, so we are still running virtual workshops at the moment, which is really good. Um, our Blueprint to Wellness, which is exactly that, is helping people to create their own Blueprint to Wellness and, and put that wellness back in their own hands. <clears throat> We're still running youth and and mental health first aid programs, which are evidence-based and nationally recognized trainings, which is really good for the community. And at the moment in Gippsland, we've got them subsidized from, I mean, some of these courses are between $250 to $500. And now we've, luckily for the generosity of some of our partners at Mindful Oz, they're down to $77 at the moment. Um, And we're filling up these courses really quickly. So it's really good that Gippsland's jumping on board. Uh, We're going to have more foot soldiers out there that are confident, equipped and skilled to be able to help people on these hard, sharp, but beautiful edges of love and life. So by all means, get in touch with Mindful Oz, head over to the website, get in touch with us and see what we can do to help um, and support you during these challenging times. Thanks, Matt. Uh, We've been speaking with Matt Runnels, who is the CEO and founder of Mindful Oz. And uh, I think it's pretty easy. You put it into your search engine, uh, Mindful Oz, and uh, I think it'll come up. But uh, otherwise, it's www.mindfuloz, all as one word, dot org. Um, thanks very much for your time, Matt, and we'll chat again. No, thank you, Paul, and thanks for starting Meaningful Conversations, mate. I really appreciate it.